I can't tell you how, uh, I didn't know what I was expecting coming out here, but uh, it's really overwhelming to be here. We live in our own little worlds, and uh, suddenly to be aware of, uh, of somebody who's been doing my plays in Kansas, and uh, it's quite remarkable to, hear, to feel this amount of energy. And uh, okay, wait a minute, here it goes, 747. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll start counting. Uh, my father worked at Wall Street, and boy, did he hate his life. The only happy time he had was waking up in the morning. And he'd lie there a few minutes in bed, and then his feet would hit the floor, and it was downhill from there. My father gave me the best advice anybody could give. He said, Johnny, don't ever get a job. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Keep it fun. Keep it legal. But don't get trapped into being the wage slave that I am. And so when I told my parents that I was going to be a writer, and not just a writer, but a playwright, well, they couldn't have been happier. <laughs> I wrote three plays when I was 11. I would like to have been 10, but I was 11. <laughs> in 1949, uh, out uh, in Long Beach, Long Island. And uh, I corralled the neighborhood kids to be in it. And I called. After the play was done, we were in Bobby Schlamm's garage. I called Life magazine <laughs> to tell them I knew a great story for them. Time Life, who do you wish to speak to? And I said, there's a great story. These kids are putting, no, Time Life, who do you wish to speak to? I said, no, these kids are putting on a play. Well, I didn't know who to talk to. So I hung up the phone, and I called the local newspaper. And I said, hey, look. These kids are putting on three plays for a week on Oswego Avenue. And they're giving all the money to the orphans of Long Beach. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, at the last performance, we ran a week. A big black car pulled up. And out popped a photographer and a reporter. And they talked to us. And the next week, there was a story on an 11-year-old playwright. There was my name in the paper. And there was my life description. Uh, for my 12th birthday in 1950, my parents gave me a royal portable typewriter, which I still have and still use. I would need it. I was going to be a playwright. I mean, I was a playwright. The Long Beach paper said so. <laughs> well, you know, my life hasn't changed so much in the last, my God, 49, 96, my God, 47 years. I wake up in the morning and still say, what am I going to write today? And the older I got, the older I get, I realized what we have to write about is what wakes us up at four in the morning. We have to look at what frightens us the most and write about everything we would rather sweep under the sofa and drop into a box in the sea. The best thing about being a writer is the puzzle never gets completed. We never get finished our work. For the writer's job is simply this, to tell the truth as best as he or she can so other people will see your work and say, yes, someone knows my secret. Someone else has been to my darkest place. I am not alone. And our task of every writer who's ever lived is to say, this is what it was like to be alive at my time in history, my time in the 20th century. 
and the writers among you will be telling the truth about what it will be like to live, imagine, at the beginning of a new millennium. I also am very fortunate to be working in the theater. My fellow playwright, Herb Gardner, describes theater as the medium without the knobs. <laughs> theater happens right in front of you, the way it has for the past 2,500 years. It hap uh, what I like best is sitting in the dark theater with an audience of strangers, watching my play and saying, why didn't they laugh there? <laughs> Listen to that silence. Now, that's a good silence. Wait a minute. How do I protect this moment and repeat it tomorrow night so it's as if it never happened before? A novelist writes a book, sends it to the agent, the, the publisher. The manuscript goes back and forth, careens back and forth until the text is right, and the novelist waits for its appearance in a bookstore. But a playwright has that same solitary time that joy, that nightmare time of living with his play, her play. And when it's deemed ready for production, aha, a whole new world springs up because of it, because of the play. You enter a world of actors, the designers, the director, the producer, who are all working together to achieve the emotional intent of your play. Rehearsals are as close as a playwright will ever come to bliss. Life lived with an eraser. If it didn't, doesn't work today, we can fix it tomorrow. There's no guarantee it'll ever, the play will ever work out, but you live for the promise that the lightning will one day strike, and the play, and you, the audience, will become one. For all the technology at your disposal, I think the ultimate terror is not Microsoft, not WordPerfect, but the ballpoint poised over the blank white page. Uh, forget your Microsoft, forget your WordPerfect. That's the hardest program. Uh, that's the hardest, for the pen on paper is the hardest program to conquer, and no computer will ever make that easy. One last thing I want to say, I want to tell you, is a couple of years ago, in 1992, the kids in Long Beach, had their 40th high school reunion. And one of the cast of the 1949 play said to another cast member who showed up for the reunion, isn't it amazing that we were all in Johnny's play and he's still writing plays? And this unnamed person said, it's my nightmare. <laughs> my friend said, nightmare? She said, you don't understand. Remember, Johnny said the money was going to the orphans of Long Beach? Well, I stole that money. <laughs> and every time I read his name in the paper, it's like a knife put in my heart. <laughs> well, to write about the knives we all carry in the hidden part of our hearts, that's our never-ending subject. Thank you.